I'm Marissa Donnelly, host of the Vulnerability Podcast, a podcast series focused on being vulnerable, being emotional, being deep, and talking about topics that people often shy away from. In this podcast series, you'll see stories of faith, hope, inspiration, darkness, frustration, and everything that really challenges us to speak to our human experience and to do so in shedding our skins and being vulnerable. Welcome back to the Vulnerability Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Donnelly, and today I have a very special guest here with me, Rabbi Simon. I am so excited to introduce him to all of you. His resume is very long. He has quite a few things that he's working on that he's done. Um, One of the things I really want to highlight is what he calls the spiritual antidote, and I'd like actually for him to start there. Rabbi Simon, can you tell us what you've been doing and maybe how that ties into all the craziness that's going on right now with COVID-19? Sure, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Marissa, and it's an honor to be speaking to your audience. My full name, by the way, is Rabbi Simon Jacobson, just in case people want to Google me. (laughs) Um, So my life uh, has been dedicated from my earliest days as a teenager, really, in uh, helping people, basically dealing with the the internal challenges we all face. So I feel very much like I've been trained for this moment, where uh, in addition to the obvious uh, physical health challenges, and I wish everyone well and hope everybody is well and those that need healing should have healing. We also have what we'll call psychological emotional challenges, dealing with the fears, the uncertainties, losing a job perhaps, the fear of losing a job, the whole disruption really of our regular routines. I mean, basically everything's been disrupted, uh, whether it's our uh, jobs, schools, our summer plans, sports, mm-hmm. uh, the performing arts. So I feel that when times like this, called our outer lives are so disrupted, the key thing is to remember that your inner life is completely in your control. You may not control your calendar, especially now, but you can control your attitude. And as such, I've been, since really the crisis has uh, broken, I've been with my wonderful team at the Meaningful Life Center, uh, creating programs and uh, different forms for different audiences that really help bolster and that's called boost our psychological and our spiritual immunity. So I created this thing called your daily spiritual antidote. It's a three minute video, which does exactly that. It's about providing emotional and psychological strength by understanding what makes you tick, looking at what your deeper values are, really boosting and reinforcing those inner forces and resources that we need today more than ever. So usually when we rely on our comfort zones, our security blankets, which is our jobs, our calendars, our schedules, so that provides some security. But when that's not there, it's vital, absolutely vital and critical to build that inner resource. And uh, the spiritual antidote is exactly for that purpose. It's easy to access. It's a free uh, three-minute video on YouTube, on uh, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, You can get it as a podcast. Just go to MeaningfulLife.com and and, uh, hopefully it will help you build inner strength. You know, I'm I'm getting so excited. I feel like you're speaking to me because I am just such a person who's driven by a routine and a schedule and an order. And with all of the change going on, it's been a real awakening in me to find a new balance and a new sense of steadiness. So as you're explaining this, it's a really nice opportunity to kind of reflect and remember 
that we can't control all of these outside things. The only thing we can control is ourselves and what's within. And we have to figure out ways to kind of build that inner self in order to respond to what's happening around us. So it's just interesting to hear you say all this stuff because I'm like, yep, he's speaking to me. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm speaking to myself as well. Uh, that's what it is. That, that's why I find many people, like when you're lost at sea and suddenly there's a storm, if you don't have those inner resources, the storm outside can really overwhelm you. Whereas if you can build an inner focus, and when I say inner focus, it comes down to even showing gratitude, offering help to someone, being of service. These are things that exercise, let's call it your psychological and emotional and spiritual muscles. That's very powerful. You know, I've, one of the things I've tried to do to give myself a little bit of order and to kind of outreach, because I feel one of the things that's most challenging for me personally right now is just the lack of the face-to-face social interaction. So I've created what I'm calling Coffee Collective. And it's every Saturday, I'm just going live on my Facebook page and whoever's showing up, whether it's friends, strangers, family, I'm just opening up the space to talk about how our week's gone and et cetera. So it's been a really simple but powerful moment. And um, I don't know, as I'm, as I'm going through that, it's one of the things that has come up time and time again on these episodes is finding ways to really give to other people is truly blessed and encouraged me in this time. And I've had several other people as they were, you know, watching the the live stream say the same thing, you know, the more we can kind of find peace in ourselves and then give it out to other people, the more healing it brings, which it seems like that would be a reverse effect, right? I mean, we know that when we help other people, we're benefiting them and ourselves, but you would think like pouring yourself out and giving and giving would maybe tire you out, but it's the exact opposite. Absolutely. I mean, I find it refreshing. You would think that people now being quarantined and locked down would turn to being far more individualistic and far more self-contained and more focused on self-interest. You actually find the opposite because the truth is we are social animals. We are social creatures and we need each other. And, uh, and many of the distractions, and I'll call them that. Like uh, I just was talking to someone. He says, you know, I usually most of my chit-chat, my conversations with somebody was going to be about the baseball season or about some show we were watching or some trip we're taking. Now what's left is we have to speak about ourselves, about our values, what do we believe in, what uh, something many of us are not used to doing. And I was very taken by the name of your podcast, Vulnerability, because for many people, vulnerability is a very frightening prospect. You know, you don't want to be vulnerable. It sounds like defenseless. Mm-hmm. You can be attacked. You're, you're, um, you're exposed. But the truth is, I have in my book, Toward a Meaningful Life, a very powerful line, which I really, uh, I really focus on, that love, true love, is celebration of your vulnerability with another person. Vulnerability, yes, if you're out in a hostile world and you're around predators, is very dangerous. But if you are with people you trust, and if you're able to access that inner part of yourself, vulnerability is actually a beautiful thing because you don't need to be focused on and uh, invested in all the armor and defense mm-hmm. mechanisms. Ask an average person, how much energy do you put into defense mechanisms and the armor to protect yourself? Especially if you grew up in a home that was somewhat volatile or worse, dysfunctional. We, we learn as children that we need to protect ourselves and vulnerability becomes very threatening. But in truth, vulnerability is really the most natural state, the way we're born and the way we deserve to be loved and protected and nurtured. And I think this time, 
surprising to all of us, we never thought we'd be so vulnerable. We thought we were invulnerable a few months ago. Everything was just working, you know, prosperity. I mean, obviously yeah. people have their personal challenges, but everyone thought it's, you know, it's like La La Land and paradise in many ways. And suddenly everything that we were able to rely on has been stripped away from us. So we feel very vulnerable, out of control. What's going to be tomorrow, next week? No one seems to have any clue. And I want to say is this is an opportunity to actually discover the beauty of vulnerability and its strength. Because when you know how to celebrate your vulnerability, you actually become paradoxically invulnerable. You know, I'm so glad you said that because the entire reason I started this podcast actually came from it being actually centered on love. I have um, a really good friend who I launched this podcast with, and we just had so many thoughts around love and relationships and you know, male versus female perspectives. And it just, we had all these amazing conversations and it started off as a passion project where I was like, Hey, let's, let's record ourselves and let's just talk through these things. Um, and it was, it was really born of that desire to encourage ourselves as well as other people to embrace the vulnerability and to embrace the, you know, the nakedness almost that you feel because that's what truly brings about the strength. It wasn't until we really peeled back those layers and allowed ourselves to really talk about these things that are so often shied away from that we felt like, wow, there's power in this. Absolutely. I find it so, uh, again, ironic. We live in a world, we live in a world of such high tech where people are connected all the time. In the mere fact mm-hmm. that we can do this, yeah. this, this uh, podcast, thank God that we have these connections. You know, in, the yeah. mid, in the Middle Ages, quarantine meant quarantine. You had no connection to anyone. Um, so technology was supposed to connect us, emancipate us. But, you know, I remember, I don't know if you recall, in the beginning of the internet years, 20 years ago, they used to say, junk in, junk out. The technology is not going to save you. Don't become a more loving person because of technology. It's neutral. If you're a loving person, technology can help enhance that. And God forbid, if you don't have love in your life, technology is not going to solve the issue. But we became so attached to our gadgets that often we lack the ability to just have, when's the last time we had a eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul conversation without checking your text? You know? um, I remember I was once in a, I, I was meeting, a, I met a friend I hadn't seen many years. We were classmates in high school. And uh, we were being driven to a wedding. It was a, it was a few years ago. And he's busy. I thought we can catch up. He's busy texting, texting, texting. And I'm trying to like elbow him and say, you know, let's talk. He's ignoring me. So you know what I did? I texted him. I'm sitting right near him. I texted him. Yeah, it's funny. And he, I remember he looks at his phone and then he looks at me. He's like completely like disoriented here. He says, are you texting me? First he thought maybe I texted yesterday and he got a delayed message. I said, yeah, I'm texting you. He says, why are you texting me? I'm sitting not, not right near you. I said, because I can't get your damn attention. So, so technology has also become very impersonal. And I find this to be like in the middle of the year 2020, with all of that uh, technology, we're suddenly forced to become human again in a way and just mm-hmm. talk to each other. Like, what, what, what are you feeling? And that vulnerability is bringing out, I believe, the best in many of us. Yeah. So I commend you for doing this. Commend you for, uh, it's, it's, listen, some people say the entire life, comes down to one word, love. The love you give, the love you receive, it is the essence of all of life, more than oxygen, more than food and water, love. And um, I know it sounds very basic, but it really what it is. And that's what uh, I think we're all in this together. 
So this vulnerable time is allowing us to really uh, opportunity to reconnect in ways that perhaps we took for granted. Yeah, I love how you keep using the word opportunity because I've had so many conversations over the last few weeks around that and trying to recognize that for many people, this time isn't seen in, as an opportunity because so many people are struggling financially, emotionally, etc. But then also honoring the fact that we can look at what's happening right now through a positive lens. And even if we are going through very traumatic changes or stresses, we can still see it as an opportunity to self-reflect and say, okay, where in my life was I not maybe aligned? Or where in my life do I need to do some, some work? Or where in my life can I strengthen relationships, get off of technology, like you said. I had an amazing conversation yesterday with um, a woman who is working on uh, building this company that is, their campaign right now is unplug for an hour a day. And we were talking and I'm like, this is so simple, an hour a day. But especially right now when everybody's virtual, we're all on devices all the time and then fighting our kids to get off devices and then online learning and all of that craziness. And it's like, you know, can we reset, reflect, look at ways we can change our life right now, see this as an opportunity to grow. And then when we move out of this, you know, space in the world, will we take those same values and maybe learn how to unplug, learn how to be present, all of that? Well, I sure hope so. You know, we all want this to end. I myself have experienced friends and family and others who actually have died due to the virus, not just suffered. Oh, I'm so quite aware, yeah, quite aware of we all, a thousand people have, have died. And yeah. we recognize that at the same time, though we don't understand all the mysterious ways of life, but at the same time, there is much that we can do. We're not helpless. Mm -hmm. We're not, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't, we have to not be reactive. We have to become proactive. I think I did a, a program two weeks ago. It was around, I think, two weeks ago. I did it with a group of people from the recovery movement. People who, as they put it, I mean, I had encouraged them to do it. I said, you know, you have lost control in your life already, either due to different types of addictions or other forms of abuse. And you've learned that even if you, you lose control in your life, there are other things you can build and rely on. And I think that uh, for many of us, that's a very difficult one. It goes back to the vulnerability points. Very difficult when you have been so, uh, I don't want to use the word addicted, but it is truly so dependent on schedules and on and the institutions and conventions. I mean, people's lives are all around waking up in the morning, getting to the commute, to work, the meetings, coffee breaks, you know, what you do for lunch, afternoon, evening activities, entertainment, and to be so-called now stripped of all of that. And like, you feel like naked. And what, so what, what's left? What's left? So I, I offer exercise, I tell some audiences I speak to, especially nowadays, so if you shut your eyes and your ears, your taste, touch, and smell, just for a moment, shut down your five senses. What are you left with? And many people immediately, their initial reaction is, you know, I may disappear. Because we're so stimulated. We live yeah. so much on that sensory level by what we see, what we hear, taste, touch, and smell. But you're not left, uh, you're not left alone. You're left with the real you. The you that's not interacting and not being stimulated and hyper-stimulated by interactions around you. So I'm not suggesting we remain that way, but it's a tremendous revelation, even an epiphany about what really makes you tick. You do have a whole life within you that uh, can generate a lot of energy. And it's not 
you're not dependent purely on stimulation, outer stimuli. This is a time really to go there because it can really uh, help you look at yourself in a new way. And I really surely hope that when we go back, quote unquote, to the norm, well, we don't go back to the norm of taking our lives for granted, but actually appreciating and having learned and reached a higher state of consciousness through this whole um, pandemic. I completely agree. I really, I really hope that, you know, I've, I've seen so many wonderful and heard so many wonderful conversations happening as of late of people just recognizing more like just a conscious awareness of where we are as a whole, as a community, where we are individually. Hopefully that will continue to, those conversations will continue to happen. That vulnerability will continue to happen because I think that's going to show us, you know, what we were lacking in our, you know, quote, normal before. Absolutely. And I, and I, I mean, I wish it did not come with pain and grief and loss, but if you cut out those elements, this can be a, a unprecedented spiritual awakening because precisely our lives were really both on every level, as I said, technology, medically, financially, standard of living. I mean, life was getting more easier, more comfortable. Again, of course, I'm acknowledging and qualifying. There are always people have personal challenges and so on. And I think becoming aware that we, at the end of the day, are vulnerable human beings. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we, are, um, we need love more than anything. And all these machines in the world are not going to protect us. Um, and we need either whether it's faith or deeper inner spiritual resources is a very healthy awareness that we are arriving at now. And I wish again, it would come with less disruption, but you know, like they say, this is a common statement, every paradigm shift always is preceded by some disruption. Because if you still um, are a product of the past, you can't become, you cannot experience the birthing of the future. It's like uh, think of the egg and the chicken, mm-hmm. the chick. The egg has to crack for the chick to come out of the egg. Now, you could either be focusing on the egg or on the chick. So I think we need to think of things in terms of a journey. We're in a process. This isn't the end of the story. It's like a film that's still unfolding. As again, I wish, we wish it was less painful. But anything that shakes you from your comfort zone is going to be painful. And, uh, but if you have the right attitude, it can lead you to really new revelations and new insights and a new world, which is what we really want to come to, a world where we may perhaps eradicate and never again allow a virus like this to get out of control, a world where there's far more humanity, far more brotherhood and sisterhood through the world, realizing we're all in it together. Boundaries don't, uh, the boundaries are all melt away when something like this happens. Absolutely. I love all the visuals you gave of, you know, how we have to kind of crack out of that shell. There has to be something that's shifting in these difficult moments. You know, they come with pain, but what can we do with that pain? How can we allow it to shape us and grow us? And you said it perfectly when you said the brotherhood, the sisterhood, the togetherness. We're faced with difficult moments, but perhaps we can use that pain and bind together to face this as a whole as opposed to how we were living before, which was like you mentioned, a lot of selfishness and a lot of me and this and that. Look, even, even right here, if I may say so, be personal a moment. I'm with you, I don't, I don't believe we met before. This 
pandemic, this, this uh, upheaval has brought us together. And just hearing your voice and speaking to you, I feel a certain kinship. Like we're, you know, we're in together. I feel um, like a certain vulnerability we're sharing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I don't mean that in, even though we may never have met before, but the fact of the matter is like, uh, I don't know who's coined this. We're not physical beings on a spiritual journey. We're spiritual beings on a physical journey. And then the day, we're not just two bodies talking to each other. We are souls, communing. We have hearts. We have spirits. We have uh, identities, personalities. And I, I'm always honored when I meet somebody that I haven't met before because I feel there's a beauty to the intersecting of human lives, a beauty to the dignity of our journey. I like, I like to always compare it to, uh, think of it like a, a musical composition. It has hundreds and hundreds of musical notes, and different instruments, but they are all unique and different, but they all come together in one harmony, harmony within diversity. And if you think of the human race that way, each of us is a musical note, each with our uniqueness. And when your time comes, you have to sing your voice, your note, but then you need the others as they need you. So we have both extreme individuality, but also a, uh, a harmony that comes, a synergy that comes from everyone joining. So I feel like we're creating some music here, perhaps. Um. Yeah, I love that. Another amazing visual. I'm picturing in my head, you know, all these unique melody lines kind of coming together in their craziness and their sometimes cacophony and, you know, dissonance, but then it's, you know, we still make something beautiful of it, you know, our individual songs coming together. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And, and the fact is, like it is with music, when you have loud rush hour sounds of turbulence out there, you can't hear the music. Like you can't smell the roses. You know, you, you, you're so overwhelmed by the, what I mentioned before, sensory stimuli that is distracting you and seducing you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get to hear your own song, your own inner voice, and it's definitely the voice of others. So we can join together in that way. I mean, I, I like to, I've coined this word, that to turn this pandemic into a pandemic of goodness and kindness and of love and sharing, I mean, that would be historical because that can remain forever. This pandemic will be, this virus will be conquered at some point. But we want to be able to say that looking back at 2020, that we actually, the human race had risen and did something unprecedented and discovered their humanity in ways they never thought possible. Wouldn't that be just wonderful? I think it's a possibility. I think as long as we keep having conversations and are open about what we're feeling and allowing ourselves to feel it and then allowing ourselves to move on past that feeling for you know, change or for a ripple effect with other people, I think we will get to that place. Look, if you look at the trajectory of history, um, Steven Pinker does a good job in his book and others show statistics, the trajectory Though there's dips and ups and downs and twists and turns, but the trajectory has been less violence, less war, less um, exploitation. And I'm not suggesting the world is perfect. We know that there's plenty of corruption and other issues. But if you think, if you look at it as historical trends, we've become far more humanitarian. It was, it was unheard of in the, the Middle Ages or earlier that if a country, let's say, suffered a, a natural disaster like a like a uh, earthquake or a volcano that anyone would come to help them. They would rape and pillage that country. I remember a few years ago in Haiti, there was the, that hurricane. 
and all the country, all, all the nations of the world came together competing to bring humanitarian aid. Now, I'm not saying it had no agenda. There's always something, but but there's a certain beauty when you see people are using resources to help others, which goes against the grain of what let's call it a very hardcore uh, Darwinian or Freudian view would be, you know, the dog eats dog, survival of the fittest. It's all about me, me, me. So when you see this, to me, it's not a surprise because I really have always seen the human spirit, the beauty and nobility of the human spirit to be far more powerful than its selfishness. But we do have a battle and we have a choice and the choice we have right now before us as well. I'd like to, I, I, I observe even though there's exceptions, I observe unbelievable generosity, a spirit of, of love, of kindness, people offering services. Um, and that, that demonstrates something. There may be, there's always maybe ulterior motives, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the, the fact is that, people, that the, the, both individuals and countries are far more giving. And I'm not naive. I understand that there's plenty of other stuff going on. But I think we have to focus is on the positive side of the human being. Yeah, that's what I've been saying in my little coffee collectives is recognizing, you know, the reality, but then also saying, but we have a choice. I firmly believe that you know, we go through these things and we can feel the emotions and we can feel the frustration and the anger and the stress and whatever it is for us individually. But then what do we do after we feel that, you know, we have to walk into it, through it, and out of it, and then look to the positives instead of sitting in the negatives, look to the positives, make the changes. And that's, that's where we grow. That's where we get out of all of this. Absolutely. So and, and even liabilities then become part of your asset. Because I think even, even on a very medical level, at the end of the day, the human body has the capacity to build antibodies against any virus. The problem is it takes time. And uh, one's immune system can be overwhelmed meanwhile. But the fact is that's the nature of the, of the, be of the be I don't want to say the beast. It's not a good word here. It's the nature of the human being. But also think of it psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually. They say that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. When we deal with the psychological fears and we build inner strengths and fortitude, you actually become stronger than you were before the, the fear. Yeah. And I think to go back to your earlier point about how we're so inundated and distracted by different things, I think the only way we can really get to the core of who we're supposed to be and the core of you know, our authentic beings on this earth and our relationships with one another and our perspectives. I think we have to really recognize what this moment is teaching us to disconnect from the distractions. Like for me personally, this, this moment has been really a lot of self-reflection of, you know, I'm, you mentioned before, like all the little things we have in our lives, like the coffee shops or the coffee dates and the lunches and the social events. And I've always been a person that loves all of those things. And now I'm like, with all of that gone, I really have a, have time to sit with myself and say, okay, you know, maybe I was really doing all of these things and going to all of these events to prove myself or to, you know, show up for other people, but also to show them like, oh, look, you know, I'm doing this too, or, oh, look, I'm showing up for you here. And now that I can't do that, it's down to the genuine core of, okay, I, if I want to build these relationships, how can I be meaningful? If I want to be centered in my work or in my sense of self, what, what do I need to really do when I'm stripped down to the, to, you know, to the basics? And that's been very, it's been very life-changing. Beautifully, eloquently said. I think what you're saying echoes 
the feelings of many, including myself. I mean, I have been basically an overload and just program after program, just really being available because I feel that um, the best defense is offense and we all have to be proactive. Very unhealthy to just sit there and watch the news again and again and just uh, and, and, uh, press conferences and press this and people's analysis. You know, at the end of the day, nobody has any predictions. It's very clear that nobody knows what's going to be. They're all playing it by ear. As no one has a crystal ball. And uh, it's very healthy to be able to go, as you just described, um, inward and discover yourself. You can learn about yourself in ways you never knew possible. Those of us that are with family or loved ones, you can learn about them in ways you never saw before. I mean, it is, it is a tremendous opportunity. I just avoid those adjectives because, again, the pain and there, are, there is loss and there is fear. Mm-hmm. But, but there is tremendous positive energy going on, which I, I, in my heart, I, like, I cry that I hope that does not dissipate, that people really uh, permanently will be able to say that what happened in 2020, March, April, whatever the months are, I don't, I'm not making any predictions, um, really changed us all in a great way. Uh, and we will, in years from now, remember only the positive. The, the losses will be, I won't say forgotten, but that the pain will somewhat uh, subside. But the growth can be a tremendous forward step in the beginning of this 21st century towards a really uh, unprecedented uh, higher state of consciousness for the rest of the century and into the future.